Super Talk Mississippi media production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon, wherever you may be. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Our buddies right next to the Hattiesburg Mall uh, serve delicious barbecue seven days a week. drive through take-home, dining room experience is open again as well. However you choose your barbecue, just be sure you choose Dickies. All right, Benjamin Ray is the play-by-play voice of North Alabama University. Uh, we'll be talking to him later in the show, Kelly Sander as well. But it's Thursday, and we always go to the Gulf Coast every Thursday, talk to our good friend, the Professor Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick McGee, North Alabama and Southern Mississippi. It is the Battle of Regional Giants this Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's been a weird season and it's a weird game. Uh, like Luke pointed out, you had played South Alabama early in the season, and now you get North Alabama. Uh, I, the first one didn't work out. Maybe they can claim the northern half. Yeah, you don't want to be the first team ever to lose to North and South Alabama in the same season, do you, Patrick? No, that would qualify <laughs> as a low point, and that is that is not what anybody wants. I know uh, Tim Billings in his Monday press conference. Uh, kind of asked us to find you know some positive stuff to write about, but you know mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of hard to find a lot of good things to write about. It's really about the the future. We're focused. Everybody's focused on right now is the future of the program and what comes next. Uh, these are just games being played the rest of the way. I know these guys want to play well and and help their help their cases for the future, but uh, as of right now, it's just you know it's one of those seasons, and uh, they're going to have a new football coach probably at some point this month. Right, North Alabama out of the Big South Conference. Uh, you, you know, you think, Patrick, that, well, there's no contest. There's no way this could be competitive. However, when you look, they've only played two games now, but they played Liberty fairly close and played Jacksonville State real close. So I guess the Golden Eagles have to be ready for this, uh, you know, to, to notch up a win Saturday. Yeah, that, that, that really tells you a lot. Um, that North Alabama is going to come in prepared. Uh, they're going to be a solid football team that they gave Liberty a run for their money. Uh, you know, challenged them. You know, at least held them to only what twenty-eight points. Right. And Jacksonville State nearly beat Florida State uh, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, Southern Miss is going to have to show up and play well. Uh, this is this is far from a guaranteed W for Southern Miss on Saturday. Luke Johnson, big question: quarterbacks, right? Who's going to be on the field? Patrick may know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't have the answer. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, that, that's all you need to say. You know, we, we're thinking there's a, a chance Jack might be back. I know he took that shot last week. Tate Watley, uh, we're, we're hearing, is apparently no-go again this week, and it just kind of speaks to what he suffered on that last vicious hit uh, against Liberty. A- any other words about who may or may not be available for the Golden Eagles at, at any position? Todd Sykes, maybe? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Coach Billings uh, gave the impression that both Abraham or Sykes were capable were- 
possibly playing, playing this Saturday. I think they were basically described as day-to-day. Uh, but, you know, if he follows the Jay Hobson uh, school on that, that the chances are they're not going to play. But I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Um, uh, Jack took a pretty hard hit and had to leave the game, and Sykes looked even worse uh, in terms of, you know, not really being able to put any pressure on that leg. So at first glimpse, if you were just you just watching how they were injured, I would say Sykes' uh, possibility of playing probably isn't great. Uh, but Jack, if he you know was able to recover from that really hard hit, he may play. But uh, it's just we're just going to find out on game day probably. Talking about who you know may be available, may not be available. Let's zoom out a little bit. We're we're talking about you know going forward, and of course the names are um, you know who's going to be the head coach and stuff. At what point do we have to be concerned? About players transferring because of what type of year Southern Miss has had this year. Well, I, I think a lot of the players that were probably that have thought about transferring last year were kind of made that decision before the season started. Uh, I think it'll remain a possibility that more players go, especially with the coaching change that just seems to always happen. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of spots to, to fill on the roster uh, for the next head coach, and if they get too many more transfers. Uh, that could really make things harder, uh, or you could have maybe a little bit of maybe it's a chance at a reboot. I, I don't know, but uh, chances are there will, will be more turnover. They just kind of got to hope it's not too uh, too dramatic. Patrick, yeah. has a, so go ahead. Look. One one more question, yeah. Bob, on that. So it, it's important with with a head coach. He he just he can not only you know win the fan base over or the recruiting trail, but maybe Patrick his first convincing is for the guys in the locker room why they need to stick around and don't need to transfer. And and we say that, it's just kind of unprecedented because all these dudes are looking at this year's a wash. I mean, they're not going to lose any eligibility, and I think that's got to be you know something that Jeremy McLean hears from the coaching candidates. What are you going to do you know, to keep these guys on the roster from day one? Yeah, it's always a, a big recruiting effort for every head coach when they come in. Uh, if they can bring in somebody that brings a little energy and and uh, use the situation, a new point of view, really a chance to kind of uh, just provide a positive outlook. Uh, obviously, you're going to do a better job of keeping the guys on on, on the roster. So uh, unless they want to do a dramatic change and go to an entirely new system, uh, you know, that could always lead to uh, some changes. But, yeah, I, it, it's going to be a task, but that's, that's the challenge for any new head coach to really keep the guys that you want on the roster. Patrick, you make your living covering sports, and of course we've talked to you every week, uh, all year, uh, leading up to this COVID football season, for lack of a better term. Uh, here we are now in November, and I, I'd be interested to get your perspective on how successful, how unsuccessful has the effort to play football in Mississippi been uh, in light of all the challenges that everybody from high school to colleges have faced? You know, I, I think high school is kind of at, at a point you know, it, we're we're going into the playoffs. You're seeing some playoff games that have already been canceled. Uh, another, we haven't had any on the coast yet. None that I've seen uh, due to COVID. And that 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 what really makes it tough. Whenever a team qualifies for the playoffs and then they get in there and they're in the quarantine and they can't play. Uh, you know, I, I think it's you know it's gone okay. Uh, a quarter of the teams in South Mississippi high schools have had the quarantine at one point and missed out on at least one game. Uh, most of them two games, and uh, you talk about Goldport that have won I think three consecutive region championships. So right now they're sitting there I think with one with one win, and they had the quarantine, and uh, that that their season really went south. You feel badly for them, uh, but it's it's 
it's it's been a mess. You know, at Southern Miss, it's uh, in, in a way, it's probably it's a good thing that Southern Miss played football this season because uh, it allowed them to kind of move on from Jay Hobson, uh, which was inevitable. It seems like so. Uh, you know, just getting the Southern Miss season in allows them to kind of move into 2021 uh, with a, a new look altogether. So uh, it's been a really ugly season for Southern Miss. Yet you you've had to postpone a couple of games, uh, but you know at, at least you're getting these games in and uh, allows the program to kind of look ahead to the future. And you got the defending national champion junior college program on the coast quarantined. Is that right. still correct? Yeah, it feels like Gulf Coast hasn't played in a month, which almost is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play a game on the road next week, and I think they play at home the following. It's a really short JUCO schedule, only uh, six games, so it was already going to be brief. And uh, you, you, a lot of the teams have really gone into quarantine. Multiple have. I, I, I haven't counted, but I think it's three or four in the JUCO system in Mississippi. Uh, but yeah, Gulf Coast is, is still waiting to get back on the football field, and uh, if they do and can stay healthy, they'll probably have another undefeated season. So, Patrick, overall, has has it been worth it? Uh, was this the right decision in retrospect to push forward with uh, football in the state? Yeah, I mean, it was worth giving it a try. Uh, I think everybody knew it wasn't going to be the prettiest of seasons. It was going to be a bit chaotic. Uh, but, I mean, as soon as they got to kind of the point to where they were a couple of weeks out, uh, just go ahead and give it a try. And, uh, it, you know, what, it, they just had to try. It hasn't worked for everybody. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these guys have kind of helped themselves for the future. And also there's a lot of guys who decided to opt out, you know. Uh, so it, it's it been an ugly season. Uh, but it's been – sorry, Blue is going nuts right now. <laughs> Come here, Blue. Calm down. <laughs> I got to check this door. I got to check this out the door if I can, or he'll never shut up. All right, Patrick. We appreciate your time, bro. Patrick right, McGee, right. yeah, Patrick McGee, everybody from the Biloxi Sun Herald, and uh, we get that a lot, don't we, uh, Luke? Uh, we get between Blue and uh, Louie. Uh, we're kind of used to dogs uh, engaging in the Eagle Hour. I'll tell you what, if uh, if a Wonder Bread um, container came f- flying by Blue's door while Louie was there, we wouldn't be able to say anything at all. But. <laughs> Yeah, they got a they got kind of a similar bark there, yeah. you know. But yeah. appreciate Patrick's time and yeah, I, I'll text him here in just a second. I wanted to get his prediction for Saturday, just oh, yeah. score wise. Yeah, well, Blue kind of interrupted I'll get that, that we'll right? Report it later. All right, and real right. quick, real quickly, just a few seconds left. Your view was it was has it been worth it, Luke? I think so. I mean, if I was playing football right now, I would want to be out on that field. And I would want to play in my stadium, so absolutely it's worth it. Fair enough. All right, North Alabama play-by-play voice, Benjamin Ray's next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. I want to thank Patrick McGee and Blue. 
from the Biloxi Sun Herald for joining us uh, in the first segment. Uh, Blue got excited there at the end, uh, and Patrick wasn't able to to finish uh, the last few seconds of his interview. I know you texted him. Did he have a prediction for the game Saturday, uh, Luke? Yeah, Southern Miss thirty five, North Alabama twenty. Um, some a couple things that he wanted to to relate to that. It's the matter of the secondary, and uh, you know when you when you look at uh, North Alabama and what they've done, you know, have only played two games this year, but they do throw the ball around uh, quite a bit, and that has you know been the Achilles heel so far. Um, this weekend, of course, you would think that there's far better athletes on the field for Southern Miss. But it's just a matter of the secondary showing up and playing up to his ability. So Patrick thinks the thirty-five twenty. I believe Benjamin Ray is with us, uh, the voice of North Alabama. Am I correct, Benjamin? I am. Thanks for having me, guys. No, it's our pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour. We appreciate uh, you taking the time to uh, come on and talk to us about your ball club. You know what I find so interesting about North Alabama? And the first question that I have for you is this: that these kids are only going to get to play four football games, as I understand it. Uh, all year long that that that's got to be dedicated football players because football practice and uh the uh, a football season is a grind when you're getting to play every saturday uh, but to have kids willing to practice and put in the work to only play four games speaks highly i think of uh of the love uh north alabama players have for the game of football benjamin it certainly does, and I think it speaks to just the, the program that Chris Willis is building here. And you got to look at it a step further. We're in year three of a Division One transition from Division Two to Division One, and during this transition, we can't compete for the postseason. So some of these players were recruited when we were Division Two before an announcement. Some of them have been brought in during the transition. Some of them will have an opportunity to play in year one uh, when we are eligible for everything. So, so you look top to bottom at this roster, and this group has embraced the thought of being the group that's laying the foundation. And here we are halfway through our third year of this transition. It, it's a real testament to just these players, these coaches, and what they're trying to do for the future. I think your 0-2 record's a bit misleading. You played a pretty good game against a really good Liberty Ball Club, and uh, you came within a whisker of beating a Jacksonville State team that did the same to Florida State and I believe is 1-0 and uh, against Conference USA. So what sort of ball team uh, are you guys bringing into Hattiesburg Saturday? You're bringing in a team that, that plays hard for four quarters, and that's something that head coach Chris Willis preaches all the time, just have a chance in the fourth quarter, Liberty it was seven to nothing at the end of the first half. Liberty scored three touchdowns in the third quarter. Jacksonville State had six lead changes, so it's a team that's very battle tested. You even go back to a season ago, this team, a lot of guys returning, they had a lead in nine of the eleven games played a season ago. Played in five one-score games. They've they've given some some of the top FCS teams, North Dakota State, Montana some good competition over the last two years. So we're seeing that program depth starting to come along in year three that you need going from Division two to Division one. But they're a group that believes that they belong on the field with any team out there. All right, Luke, sounds like the Eagles have their hands full. 
They do. Uh, Benjamin, thanks for being on today. Talk about Coach Willis uh, just for a little bit. Looking back at his resume, he was at, uh, at Delta State and was a part of that 2000 National Championship team, but it's been at North Alabama since 2002. Been to the semifinals of the D2 uh, playoffs many times. You guys, you guys were the national runner-up in, in 16. Then you made the jump. I, I guess just kind of inerrant in his uh, message, as you just you know alluded to, is the fact that he's there to win, they're there to win, and it kind of speaks of of his commitment to North Alabama being there for so long. When, when you talk to Coach Willis, one of the things he's very quick to mention is that he he has a lot invested in this program. He's he's raised three young boys in this area, and, and this University of North Alabama means a lot to him. He he got his coaching start here really under Mark Hudspeth here in the state, and he he's done it all here at UNA from from being a, a you know restricted earnings coach to coordinator to head coach now he's 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 done it all he's spent many long hours in these offices up here and he's a big believer in everything that that we're doing here as a department as a university and when you look at what he's doing to get this program ready i mean you can look at other programs that have transitioned they start having a lot of issues years 2 3 and 4 and he's done a great job of looking at those programs, learning from what they did, learning from the North Dakota states, the Montanas, the Jacksonville states that we've played the last couple of years, and addressing depth and length and, and just recruiting high-caliber athletes. I think it speaks volume to what he's done with his coaching staff. On the uh, on both sides of the ball, looks like offensively, you guys have played two quarterbacks. A lot of guys rush uh, the football. Kind of kind of let us know what type of offense uh, Golden Eagle fans can expect um, from North Alabama on on Saturday, and then on the defensive side, what what they like to do on that side. Offensively, it's an offense that likes to run tempo. Blake Deaver, he'll, he'll get the start at quarterback. Rhett Files has played. Well, when his number has been called, Deaver's a great gunslinger. He's a big guy, and he moves surprisingly well. He's not going to run away from anybody, but he's a smart runner, knows when to tuck it and get a couple of yards. He's got a strong arm. The strength of this offense is in the playmakers. There's a group of redshirt wide receivers, four of them, and over the last two years that they've been playing as redshirt juniors, they've accounted for about 80% of the receiving production. And they're redshirted as freshmen the final year of Division II, and they've been playing every year during this Division I transition. And they are fun to watch. They all complement each other well. They're best friends off the field. And another young playmaker, Parker Driggers, has emerged, a redshirt freshman from a small town of Brantley, Alabama. If you're a basketball fan, the Pearsons came from there, Wesley and Chuck Pearson. He's trying to do it football-wise, but he, he's emerged as a, a running, catching, playmaker guy. They just like to play all over. When you flip the depth chart card over to the defense, it, it's a defense that the last couple of years has had some great talent, but they haven't had that depth that you need to finish a game. So third, fourth quarter, guys start tiring out. Now all of a sudden, this defensive line group, it's, it's got a lot of transfers. It's been rebuilt from... Four or five guys to all of a sudden they're looking at seven or eight guys that can come in and be contributors. All of a sudden the linebacker room's going from two or three guys to five, six, seven guys that they feel comfortable rolling in. The secondary is the, the youngest group. They have four guys make their first career start against Liberty earlier this season. But they've got a veteran back there, K.J. Smith, a transfer from Georgia, now in his third year with the program. 
He was actually the Big South Scholar Athlete of the Year. He's in grad school now, a, a perfect 4-0 student. He's just an all-around great student athlete. He's he's kind of the anchor back there, but it, it's a defense that, that'll bend at times. They do a great job of not breaking. And I think the biggest thing, and you've heard, heard me say it a lot, this defense just has some depth that it has not had the last handful of seasons. So, Benjamin, uh, tell us just a little bit, though. We've got a couple minutes left in the segment about the Big South Conference that uh, North Alabama is now a part of. Well, yeah, we're still learning a lot about the Big South Conference. Uh, last season was our first year in the Big South Conference. So our first year of the Division One transition, we competed as a FCS independent. You know, football scheduling, everybody's got their schedules done for like the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. So that first year, we, we weren't members of the Big South. Uh, second season last year, first year of playing Big South Conference football. And we had some 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 good success we felt like in that first year first year in the big south we went three and four really played with every team and i think the the big guns of the big south conference kennesaw state jumps to mind they they, they've kind of established themselves as a consistent top 10 team in fcs they run that triple option uh, the other schools you're looking at, uh, Monmouth, they won the conference a season ago up in New Jersey. Charleston Southern, Campbell, Gardner-Webb, Hampton. And then you've got a couple of new schools coming in. Robert Morris will join the conference next year, North Carolina A&T. So it, it's a conference that North Alabama, we sort of feel like as we move in, we know not immediately, but, but we feel like we match up well with, with the schools that, that are in this conference. All right, Benjamin, we sure appreciate your time. Uh, excited to see North Alabama here in Hattiesburg. Be the first time, obviously, uh, for everybody's fans, yours and ours, to see one another. So we uh, look for a good competitive game. Uh, wish you safe travels, and thank you for your time on the Eagle Hour. Hey, we appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. All right, Benjamin Ray, everybody, is the play-by-play voice of North Alabama. One of those games, uh, Luke, when when it first was announced, obviously it was a makeup game uh, due to COVID when one of the non-conference games was canceled. Everybody goes, oh, well, that'll be easy. I'm not so sure. I, I think the Golden Eagles are going to have to play hard Saturday. It's 2020. Anything can happen. And the way that you take this uh, game is it's an, uh, it's an ability to get out on the field and play, and it's an, an ability to clean up stuff, and it, it's an opportunity to compete and uh at the same token, you would think that, man, you you just got to – you have to win convincingly to make yourself feel better. <laughs> you gotta, but you gotta this, win. Coach Willis from, from North Alabama, he's got a track record of winning, man. And so yeah. don't take anything for granted in 2020. So they lose the Liberty 28-7, Jacksonville State 24-17. They play the Golden Eagles and then wrap up their season with BYU. So uh, North Alabama stepping up the last half of their COVID-shortened season. Kelly Sander next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour on this sunny Thursday brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. They had Pork Chop Thursday for lunch today. If you missed that, you missed the grilled or fried pork chop. You could have got turnip grains, potato salad, 
Black Eyed Peas or Ochre with it. They've got uh, the NFL game on tonight, San Francisco, against Green Bay. So you can go up to 4th Street Bar and Grill, watch a little Nick Mullins on national television. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly John Sanner joins us. And, uh, Kelly, I guess uh, other than football, big news in Conference USA today, the preseason poll, as voted by the league's head coaches, released. What can you tell us about Man, and you talk about some bulletin board material for Eagle Coach uh, Jay Ladner. And, and in the, as Luke just mentioned, the Conference USA preseason uh, poll is out. And Southern Miss, out of 14 teams in the league, is projected to finish 13th, second to last. Only the Rice Owls are projected to be weaker than Southern Miss in this week's uh, in this year's basketball season. Western Kentucky led the poll, coming in first, followed by North Texas. Marshall, third, UAB, fourth. Those are the top four teams, according to the uh, panelists in the preseason poll. And again, Southern Miss picked to finish 13th out of 14th, Rice, 14th. So that, that really that really surprises me, Luke, because Jay Ladner will be in his second season now. And, uh, you know, normally the second season is better than the worst. And with some of the recruits he's got coming in, I find that a little bit hard to believe. And, again, I think it'll be good bulletin board material. And hopefully the Eagles will feed off of that that uh, projection. I like it because higher. what it does is it it gives it puts a chip on their shoulder early, and particularly it what it does is it causes the rest of the league maybe not to realize at the beginning how talented uh, some of the guys that Coach Ladner brought in. When you look at the preseason team, uh, this it's also named today. No Eagles on it. Charlotte puts two on there. Marshall puts two on there. North Texas. One, UTSA puts two, Western Kentucky, who was picked to uh, number one, puts two guys on there. And, of course, you know, the, the big guy in the league this year, Charles Bassey from Western Kentucky, a lot of people thought that he would be uh, an NBA pick but had an injury last year. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way as you. I think there's there's bulletin board material there, and there's some incentive for uh, for Southern Miss guys really to show the league what they have. I think, Kelly, though, going in, the, the biggest concern for this team – is not from a confidence level because you know you don't have you got some returners from last year, but when you have a, an influx of new guys, I mean they kind of just you know change and and uh, they they can change a locker room really quick in a positive direction. Um, Heath Hinton was telling me he interviewed uh, Arthur Kanatsuk the other night, and uh, he and Mark Jackson basically or Arthur specifically because he was on the team last year. He just said, "Man, you know, in every way, this is a different team this year." I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the only concern concern that, that I would see for this team and when you have so many guys new is the chemistry are early on and maybe because of COVID you don't have that much time to develop on-court chemistry in the game before you hit conference play. Which is probably why when, when people do these teams, a lot of the things they look at is returning players and returning experience and, and not at the roster as a whole. So it's real easy for people to get caught up on the, the amount of uh, you know players that are returning and simply base their vote on that, leaving that as the only thing. There's so many difficult intangibles that are tough to identify before a season even starts. But like you, you know, if the Eagles can use this as a way to motivate themselves to think that uh, as the late Rodney Dangerfield always said that he never got any respect, you know, that the Eagles certainly aren't getting any before uh, the season starts. But um, yeah, it's easier it's easier to sneak up on a team when they don't expect much rather than go in with the number one label and have them. Uh, ready for you 
you know, when they play. So, um, but, but you're right, too. It's sometimes having a lot of talent can be problematic because it's difficult finding the right combinations in different situations uh, that'll work right away. So that's what those early games Bob, you Bob, for. you know that dynamic. You know that dynamic very well as a Washington football team fan. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, exactly right. That's 100% right. You don't have to worry about anybody having a target on your back. I'll tell you what my observation of the poll, uh, of the preseason poll is, Kelly. It's sort of like what I hear from the national news media. I don't believe a damn thing I hear or say anymore. So the poll, well, and again, polls a lot are for just for entertainment purposes. You know, just for exactly this purpose, so that people can start talking a little bit about college basketball, getting fired up for college basketball. Um, even though, you know, generally we're still a month away from, you know, a month mm-hmm. and a half away from games of significance. You know, so it, it, it does accomplish that of getting people talking. Right. Like, like we're I look right for the now. basketball team to finish far better than next to last in the league, but but time will tell. Uh, I tell you what was interesting, Kelly, in the first uh, second segment, uh, Luke and I were talking to Benjamin Ray, who does the play by play for North Alabama. I made the comment when that game was first put up on the schedule as a makeup game, we all just kind of, <laughs> okay, well, well, there's a really good win. But um, Luke knows a little bit about the guy that's coaching the team. He's got a real winning uh, tradition and a r- real winning record. Uh, you look at this team, they played Liberty close, 7 to nothing at halftime and almost beat Jacksonville State. This, um, I think the Golden Eagles better have wide eyes open come Saturday afternoon. Oh, I agree. Yeah, this is this is definitely not one that you want to. And I know you're thinking, really, North Alabama. But no. yeah, I mean the way that Southern has been playing, you know, lately, um, and you know, haven't had a full complement of guys, but still they have not played well. Um, in fact, in fact, the guys I went to the game with the other day, one of the guys thought he had COVID, and I said, "Well, what makes you so sure?" He said, "Because I can't even smell the Southern Miss team." <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, that's what I said. I said, man, he said, oh, I'm just joking. And, and I get it. But I mean, when this it was pretty, pretty bad, you know, so yeah, yeah, you don't want to take the Lions for granted. And we will be giving Kelly's uh, cell phone number before the end of the show today in case anybody would like to, uh, no, like, again, like to when, comment when, on that. Again, when you're in the family, you can make jokes about the family, right? It's when somebody, it's when an outsider makes a joke about the family that's oh, ready to fight, man. you know? <laughs> All right, guys, it's going to be fun tonight watching our quarterback uh, get a chance to redeem himself from uh, from, we, from his last hope. national appearance where he, did, where he didn't yeah. play very well. But here's the deal, though. I mean, yeah, I, you, we heard Tom Johnson yesterday tell us that his favorite quarterback to sack in the NFL was Aaron Rodgers. And you would think going into a normal game tonight that, yeah, Nick Mullins, you know, he's got a really good chance. Here's the problem is that Debo Samuel's out for the 49ers. Um, Brandon Ayuk, the, the the sensational rookie receiver, is out. They only have two active wide receivers ready for this game tonight. Um, the starting running back is out. George Kittle is out. Uh, on defense, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, uh, D. Ford, and Richard Sherman, Sherman are out. So Yahoo Sports ended their preview article in this way. Best of luck on Thursday, Nick Mullins. Hmm, that's terrible. That's and terrible. Me- and meanwhile, we've got COVID outbreaks with the Chicago Bears and Houston Texans. So both of those teams have uh, have shut down their facilities, albeit for a temporary basis, until they get some more testing done. Mm-hmm. But the Bears and Texans uh, have, have locked 
you know, their doors. And a full slate of uh, junior college games tonight in the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges Conference. The toughest league in America has Holmes traveling to Oklahoma. Hines is at East Central in Decatur. It's a homecoming on campus at Pearl River where they will face Southwest. And on Saturday, Northwest will go to Mississippi Delta. Yeah. Here's one thing I don't understand about the COVID stuff in the NFL. I'll, I'll throw this at you, Luke, because the Bears just played the Saints. So if, if the Bears have an outbreak of COVID, how does that affect the Saints, who were obviously in direct contact with these Bears players less than a week ago? We had an election on Tuesday, right? COVID doesn't matter anymore, correct? I thought that's how it worked. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. COVID's not an issue any longer, is it? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. No, but Maybe. seriously, I mean, yeah, I, we haven't had, except early on, right? It was like, uh, who, who was it that, that had the issue earlier? But, yeah, I mean, it, of course, if it depends on who it is, and that's what's happened with the 49ers was uh, one of their receivers got it, and then uh, because of contact tracing, those other two receivers I listed, Samuel and I, you, they're out. So it depends on who it is, and if, you know, a certain player – was out there, maybe it was a defensive lineman, you know, the, the Saints contact tracing could possibly hurt them too. Really hadn't had that happen so far this year in the NFL. Right. I'm thankful for that. And, and we can and we can talk about that nobody's going to talk about COVID after the election, but in Mississippi you better because uh, yeah, still bad. 1,600 cases today. New cases, 1,600, and I think that's a, I think that's a high. Isn't that um, terrible? Still, you know, this, this late in the game. So... Well, it's fair to say, and, and Luke made kind of a joking reference to the election, but unfortunately, guys, I think the election, uh, the longer this goes on, the more cynical Americans are going to become about a lot of things for quite some time to come. And I think that's so. Uh, I well, think that's we, unfortunate, Kelly Sander. We reap what we sow. Well, that's exactly this is, right. This is what it's coming down to, you know. All right, we're going to wrap up the Eagle Hour in about two and a half minutes. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment of this Thursday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 49 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. First Bank, our studio sponsor, with us from the beginning. They're located out on Highway 98. Uh, West and uh, the home of the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier, and, man, the great staff out there. They've been with us from the very beginning. Go see our good friends at First Bank. Well, um, going back to tonight, Packers 49ers, 
720 kick on Fox. Green Bay five and two. San Francisco four and four. Uh, it is one of those games where San Francisco is one and three at home. Do you feel like right now, because of what the way Garoppolo his his contract is, he's going to be in San Francisco for quite a while. But it, you know, he has a propensity to get hurt. Is are we looking at the 49ers continuing Kelly to hang on to Nick Mullins as long as they can? Uh, obviously, you you won't you know let him uh, just lose for nothing. But how many teams do you think, or, or which teams do you think would be legitimately interested in Nick Mullins uh, for a 2021 NFL season? Boy, that's a that's a good question. Uh, you know, I'm not sure, and I hate to say this because he's a Mississippi guy, but uh, Jacksonville, you know. Um, with our guy from Brandon, um, help me out as the quarterback, Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Oh. Gardner Minshew, thank you. Yeah, fear the mustache. I mean, I'm I'm not sure that he's going to work out in uh, in Jacksonville. So I think that I think that they might be in the market. I think the Minnesota Vikings are really rethinking Kirk Cousins, um, <laughs> even, even though they did pull, pull off a good win last weekend. I, I'm I think the Kirk Cousins experiment, you know, may be done. In Minnesota, the Bears, I think, are looking for, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that they're really sold on Nick Foles or, uh, Trubisky. So, um, that could be an option. The Denver Broncos are looking, you know, would be looking for a, a good steady quarterback. So there's a, and, and Nick Saints. Mullins as a backup is better than a lot of starters. Yeah. And if, and if Drew Brees retires, um, you know, you got that opening in New Orleans. Wouldn't that be great? Kelly, I got yeah. another team that's looking for, going to be looking for a quarterback next year. The Washington team, the Washington football team, indeed, they're going to trade. Uh, they're going to trade the Ohio State kid away. Well, who's going to Who's going to take him? Oh, I think they I think they trade him for garbage at this point. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're really looking for. A great he was actually playing pretty well the last time he got pulled. I mean, you know, he had he was a project, and they and they took him. You know, in in that. Well, from what I read, um, his attitude he, has been the biggest problem. Possibly. Here's, the question. Here, here's the other. Here's the other wrinkle. Here's the other wrinkle. So there's like there's been some talk out there that Trevor Lawrence, and it came from Trevor Lawrence, that he might not come out this year because especially as he don't want to go to the Jets. You know, if the Jets, that's the way you ruin your career. And the probably if Trevor Lawrence is on the board, the Jets would, with their draft history, find a way not to take Trevor Lawrence. But if Trevor Lawrence is not available. You got to think that there would be some teams. Uh, you got Fields, and you got the kid from North Dakota State. But you would think there would be some teams that 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 helps Nick Mullins out a lot more if uh, you know a, a top ten draft guy is taken off the board. It opens up a slot, I think, uh, Kelly, for Nick Mullins to be able to to make his own as a starter. But it's got to be opportunities like tonight. He's got to take advantage on the big stage. That's right. I just know because we know him better than a lot of other people. I would take Nick Mullins every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Now, here's a question I have for you guys: Is this the coaching search at Southern Miss? Everybody wants to talk about that. And based on the heels of Neon Dion Sanders taking the job at Jackson State, and here was a question that somebody put to me, and I think it's really intriguing, and it's hypothetical, of course. But if Brett Favre were to go to Jeremy McLean and say, "Jeremy, I want the job." I want to be the head coach at Southern Miss. The question is, would Jeremy be in a position to have to hire Brett? Would, uh, you, have to, would you have to give him the job if he wanted it? No. No. I say Never no, right? in a thousand alternate universes would Brett Favre do that. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so either. But I'm just saying, you know, and, and I, I prefaced it by saying hypothetical. But if Brett were to say that, would no. would he, would he uh, the university be no. forced to hire him? No. no. Why would they be forced? No. no. Well, I, I, I kind of think they would. I mean, how how would you tell Brett no? I would say I mean, no. <laughs> well, but but based on on well, yeah, again, it's hypothetical. But yeah. I just think you know, with the notoriety that he's brought to the university and Look, so on, and you know, Sanders works out. You know, exactly. you know, the one year that he was the offensive coordinator, how he just came and went as he pleased. I just think that Brett enjoys Brett's time and Brett's hunting and Brett's golf. And, and you Brett's can't freedom. blame him. You can't and, blame no, him. Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm saying that's that's the greatest thing in the world. I just don't see Favre wanting to take on that much responsibility at this point in his life. But, but Plus, you, you know, think, there's rumors out there that he's going to come back to the XFL when The Rock takes over. I read that. Yeah, I read that this weekend. He's well, going to play you know, again. The fact that Deion Sanders was retired. You know, and sometimes when you're retired, I mean, I wouldn't know this. I'd like to discover it at some point. But sometimes you get tired of being retired and want something to do. And that's what Deion Sanders is doing now at Jackson State. You know, who knows what the future might hold? Well, we'll see, right? That's right. Soon enough. All right. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in each and every day. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.